From pictures, gifts that hold sentimental values, to the memories we hold for our beloved ones in our lives, we remember these people who have not only touched our lives, but were part of our life that helped us realize who we are. However, unexpectedly left this world with a deep impression that shook our consciousness to help us understand and realize that in this world of uncertainty, how can we make each day count? Challengers, welcome back to Challenge Me For You, Season 2, Episode 7. This is Nazia Basha, and today I wanted to share a very deep and meaningful conversation about something we all experience in humanity. Coping with the grief of losing someone who is so dear unexpectedly. To speak and share about this topic from a personal perspective of being an immediate family member who had to deal with this grief, I have here today a wonderful speaker, Mrs. Rabia Qadr, sister of late, late Farooq Ali Khan, who passed away in 2018 at the age of 45. This weekend marked the anniversary of his passing, and this topic is to commemorate his passing. Thank you for being here, Mrs. Qadr. I first wanted to commend you and honor you for being here to have the courage to speak on such a sensitive topic. It's very difficult to discuss, so I'm very appreciative for your presence over audio. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to to discuss my brother and also uh, discuss my own feelings about the topic. Yeah. So thank you. And could you share a little bit, how did your brother pass away? And when you heard about the news, what were some of the thoughts or feelings that you were experiencing? So uh, my brother passed away um, in in the night of a um, what we generally call um, in layman's term a heart attack or a massive heart attack, which means that um, he had some blockages and maybe he had some uh, electrical um, deficiency in his heart, which made it stop. So I found out um, on the morning of uh, June sixth. I was uh, just come into work and I was just getting into the elevator when my mom called me and it was a very cryptic sort of call where she just uh, said his name and she hung up and um, you know just put some warning bells in my thing and I turned back around and, and called her back saying you know what is it you know what are you trying to say and she was unable to talk and I knew at that time that something was absolutely wrong so I called my sister-in-law my uh, brother's wife and I said uh, you know Farouk is is he okay and she told me no no he's not he's passed away and it was just um, a shock I remember standing at the elevator just um, in total disbelief didn't believe what I was hearing uh, and I think that I just started talking really loudly and kind of yelling a little bit. And the receptionist in our uh, welcome area, she she approached me and, and, and told me to, you know, quiet down. She didn't know what it was about. Right. Uh, but when she saw my face, I think she understood that something was, was uh, wrong. And so she said, you know, here, have a seat. And then she, because she knew me, she knew who my... Um, 
manager was. So she ended up calling my manager. And um, it was then that my manager came down and I actually really, it hit me. And I said to my manager, Kim, I said, my brother, he just died. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to this day, even when I get on that elevator every morning, it is exactly that same emotion, that same feeling um, of hearing that phone call from my mom and then turning around and, and asking, you know, what happened to my brother. So um, still very difficult, difficult to, to live through, definitely. Oh, God, I can imagine. Yeah. And how were you able to cope with that and manage your emotional well-being in the grieving process? You saw yourself going through the stages. I think that, you know, um, it's an ongoing process, Nazia, and I think I really truly understand what people say now that grieving is a process. It's not a, um, you know, a a thing where, you know, this happens and you move on. It really is something that is every day um, the best description of it I I read somewhere was like it's it's like standing at at the edge of the ocean and and some waves come sometimes they're like you know calm waves Mm -hmm. and you're fine that day and then all of a sudden there'll be these big waves that wash over you and that's sort of what grief is like Mm -hmm. it just comes at you sometimes and it washes over you and you don't really know Mm -hmm. when that's going to be but each time you have to handle that at, at your own level and it's not something that you get over it's not something that you um you know, it's going to get easier with time. I don't think it gets easier with time. I think it gets more of a, um, you learn how to cope. The coping mechanisms come in. Right. And uh, that's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the coping process, um, would you like to share some of like the brief information of what your brother used to do? Did you have like some reflections, you know, about him? about your relationship with him how was it like sure so that's a really good question and I think um it makes you really think about what was your relationship with uh, the person that passed away so for my brother we were always uh very close in fact all of us siblings were um very close we shared all of our thoughts and our um you know disappointments even or um, and we always asked each other for advice didn't necessarily mean that we took each other's advice all the time but we did confer so in part of my grieving process is is trying to get over the fact that he's no longer here and that I cannot call him to ask and so it made me think you know I really did rely on him a lot and I really did respect his judgment even though you know he was a younger brother to me Mm -hmm. the fact that he had um, a different perspective than mine and we had very different personalities Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that you when you start to reflect on what your relationship is with people you start looking at you know how are our differences that you know make us close or keep us apart and a lot of the times our differences tend to drive us apart but the weird thing is like with my siblings and ourselves even though we are brought up in the same family we all have like very very different personalities and even differences of opinion Mm -hmm. yet it made us really close Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. rather than driving us apart. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we argued and, you know, we were really adamant in our own beliefs and our own um you know opinions but we never ended up being like driven apart by um these weird you know what we perceived as oh you don't believe the same thing i do or right. you don't understand me so mm-hmm. one of the parts of the grieving is is to understand that you have lost that difference of opinion now and so you know i feel like i'm surrounded a lot by you know people who have the same kind of thinking as me maybe because I tend to express my feelings more. So I, I miss him telling me the opposite of what I, or giving me another perspective. So that's one of the things that I, I came to realize. Um, the second thing that I did um, about him was that he was very, very loving, even to such a degree where it might be called sometimes an aggressive love in the sense that if you didn't call him, he gets upset. Um, you know, send pictures of the kids when they were younger. You know, he would make a point about it. He wanted to talk to his nephews and nieces. He wanted to know what was going on in everybody's lives. So, again, I miss that connection of sharing wow. things about my life with him. And so I have to get used to that. Um, and that's also part of the grieving process is try to, accept you know, accept, yeah. Except, yeah. So those are a couple of things about him. You know, he was uh, very loving and, and very, very, uh, um, you know, opinionated, but, uh, you know, always would tell you what he felt that was the truth. Wow. And it's nice to have that in the family. Those differences kind of enrich the relationship rather than drifting right. apart. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And so after his passing, how how are you able to help your family as you're coping based on your fam- familial role to deal with this whole grief process? Uh, uh, that's a really good question, Nazia, because I think that I've had to step up uh, in the sense that I have always been the eldest child. And I find that my parents have always, whether they know it or not, relied upon me mm-hmm. um, for my um opinion uh to run by things um they tend to lean on me a lot and with the passing of my brother i find that i have to do a little bit more uh sometimes it it has hindered me from grieving because i feel like i have to keep myself together mm-hmm. just so that they are kept together mm-hmm. you know if everybody is is quote unquote like falling apart or mm-hmm. crying or upset then it's very hard. So I find myself always pulling back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think like yesterday, that really was in my forefront. Like today is his death anniversary. I've really got to keep it all together. Mm. You know, let them grieve. But then I say the, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, the placations like, hey, it'll be okay. Or, you know, he's in a better place. Yeah, consoling, even though, you know, they might get mad at me, um, I tend to to play that role a little bit more. Right. Now that he's he's gone, I've had to be a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But when I'm with my sisters, we're a little bit more open and we grieve together a little bit more. But with my parents, I've become even more of their, you know, eldest child and kind of taking on that role. being careful of them. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So in the process, did you also have some 
realizations that came to the forefront um just experiencing that in life in general did you did you have some understandings that really started coming to the front yeah i'll i'll be i'll be honest with you nazia the death of my brother for the main thing put some perspectives brought some perspectives really into focus i had i looked at my life and i said what is what is the main or what is the goal that i'm trying to achieve or the importance and all this stuff that, that you know running after money or trying to you know show off or even though i don't think that i am but just that kind of monetary stuff i found out that when you die you don't take anything with you you know that big screen tv my brother had just bought a big screen tv uh, a couple of weeks before he died i mean he didn't even get a chance to put it up and you know it, he was so proud that he you know got this big tv so these monetary things these physical things they don't mean anything cuz we don't take it with us you know they get left behind so i started to evaluate like what is important to me and i found that you know that's how important to me relationships are and i always i always you know gave them importance but this really even did it more and then the second thing is i have stopped planning ahead like big long term goals i don't do that anymore because i don't know what is that way ahead for me you know 5 years down the road or 10 years down, i don't know if i'm even going to be around but you know that doesn't mean that you stop living but that's another realization that came for me and then thirdly and i think most importantly it's like i remember my brother every single day and the things that come in my head are are, are those you know that he was loving and that you know i really valued his his opinions he was so truthful whether i liked it or not and i said how do i want people to remember me and i come to the conclusion that i want people to remember me for being kind i mean if i summed it up that's it i just want to be i don't want you to think of me as if you know oh she accomplished this in life she wrote a book she did this she found a cure for cancer i just want something to say hey she was such a nice person yeah and i'm trying every day to kind of live by that like try to at least put a smile on somebody's face or i hope i do mm-hmm. no I hope I do and I hope that when you know when my time comes that people that that's what I want to be remembered. And those are the kind of things that really came about because of this experience. I mean, I never thought of death before or how I wanted to be remembered or when I die what happens. I never had thought about it because I always thought it was something far off. And then I realized it's not. You know, it's right here. every day you live you inch one you know then closer to death so you know that's really what um has really taken a big big thing you know a big perspective that an eye opening perspective really really truly yeah that's a beautiful realization because you know like you said and for you to be i think you are living it because being kind enough to even partake in this conversation As, well, yeah. Well, I I hope so. I hope that you know people who are who are grieving they do they do understand that you know sometimes just talking about it helps. Mm-hmm. You know, in in our culture there's a little bit of a stigma 
with uh, mental health, with talking about emotions, with uh, being too open or sharing, you know, your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not what it is, you know. We're here for one another. I mean, that's all we can do is, you know, try to help one another, just be kind to one another. And, you know, if somebody is, is struggling, I hope that, you know, they learn something from me and I hope I learn something from them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. So that's, you encourage yourself and mean others um, to, you know, freely be of support for one another and listen definitely. to other people's definitely. Yeah, and definitely, and, and, and these things that you're doing where you're asking for people's um, experiences and to talk, it's, it's a big thing. It's it's very hard to open up at the beginning, but once you do, it makes such a difference, and you never know what sentence, what word, what gesture can really change someone's life, you know, or even open their eyes to a different, you know, view on something. Absolutely. You know, that's... Yeah. No, I and I appreciate that input. Yeah, being in the Southeast Asian community, that's what you mentioned earlier. It's been topics that we really don't discuss openly. No. And, no, uh, we shouldn't. Don't. And mental health is. Such we a, really don't. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a need right now, and in any culture, I feel that often gets stigmatized. And mental health is just basically checking in, and making sure wherever you're at whether it's grieving over someone it's just we allow ourselves to really openly be vulnerable and share these um (laughs) feelings so that we feel supported and because i think in it's part of our human process to be here and then to leave and i love what you beautifully said um what do i want to be remembered as so and yeah word yeah um, I think there was a Japanese uh, proverb or, or something that said that um, a person dies twice. The first time is when they actually, their soul leaves their body. And the second time is when they are no longer remembered by someone. And I thought, what a beautiful way of looking at it. So even the person who has physically left their body, as long as somebody is thinking of them, you know, they're still alive and, and it really is like that. And, and that's another thing that I've come away with is that as long as I'm alive, my brother is going to stay alive because I'm going to remember him and I'm going to share his memories and whether people like it or not, you know, I'm not asking for your permission to, to share it. If you don't want to see it or if you don't want to, uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for myself, for my own um, thing, and I'm going to keep my brother's memory alive. You know, people. There are some people who who think that when somebody has died, that's it. You know, fine, let's move on, or you know, keep your emotions kind of private, keep your grief private, don't share anymore. I'm not of, of those people, and if you don't want to, if you don't like my way of thinking, I mean, I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking for any kind of validation from from anyone. I'm going to continue to to do what what I'm going to do, and my brother's going to stay alive with me. That's very beautiful and well. Thank you for sharing that that Japanese um, uh, proverb. It was very nice and very yeah. deep because you know, like you're alive, you're able to share that memory by just remembering him, and he's still alive that way. And that's right, that's right. And then I hope that when I die, somebody will keep my memory alive, and along with my memory, they'll remember those memories of my brother. So in a way, it's like a continuous thing, you know. Mm, 
my mom, she was like this and her brother was like this. It becomes a continuous um, thing, you know, and you pray for them and you think about them and you, you know, you elevate them rather than just, you know, you're, you're gone. You know, how many people have come and gone in our lives that we don't think about? You know, um, and I hope that uh, one day, you know, even though my brother didn't get to live his full life or his full potential, that, you know, he was able to influence, you know, or his story or what we remember of him actually influences someone. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. This is really beautiful. Thank you once again. I'm truly grateful for you to be here and speak about this sensitive and deep topic because it's vital for all of us to hear it. And. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, Nazia. It, it helped me more than, than I can tell you to actually put into words some of these things that I have been wanting to, to say. And uh, this was a very good forum. Thank you for giving me this time. Yeah, you're welcome. No, this is part of like, you know, the whole thing about being of service and really allowing people to voice what they're feeling and also to feel like they'll keep the memory alive of someone who they truly love. So yeah, I, I can resonate the need um to cherish our time and our people but also to realize that we're not alone and we can learn to be supportive with one another thank you definitely definitely you're very welcome thank you so much you're welcome and thank you everyone once again evolving daily with an attitude of gratitude this is nausea challenge me for you